0: Five, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is ignition. Welcome to ignition. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and I'm
1: Father Andrew Dickinson.
0: And once again, as always, uh, send your topics feedback ideas for future podcast episode of ignition to me sebergwald at sfcatholic.org c-b-u-r-g w-a-l-d at sfcatholic.org and we thank you for tuning in to listen to us how you doing today father
1: better than my sins deserve great day up in brookings great day to be a jackrabbit uh great day to be a catholic jackrabbit and so why it's probably about 65 degrees, going to get it to about 70, 75, just beautiful day, light little breeze, uh, you know, um, got a confirmation class up in the parish to teach this evening and uh, maybe some visits with some families as well. Um, just a good day, good day.
0: Gotcha. That was... Um... Visiting recently, well, it's a couple conversations I've had of late um, with people who are not blessed to live in the upper Midwest. and as 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 these sorts of people are often want to do, and and to, I, I hope I'm not insulting even our listeners in the South, but they <laughs> often mock the snow and the cold and so on. But to be honest, father i love the seasons i mean I'm, I'm from i'm further north than this but i mean I, I i love the seasons and yeah it's it's not it's not great when the wind chills 50 below um but i'll put up with that a, a time or two a year um in order to to enjoy the 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 changing of the the colors of the leaves and all that good stuff that happened in the fall fall time is the best time of the year because my birthday is in the fall frankly and it's just darn good
1: there you go. I suppose.
0: Yeah, you suppose. <laughs> yes, you do suppose. So, um, anyway, uh, the we weren't able to. Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts last week. So, if you were uh, waiting expectantly, there's a there is a young man actually who uh, who um, when he sees me on occasion, he goes to my parish. Uh, by young, I mean around I think ten or eleven. Uh, who listens to our podcast, Father, and uh, and he, uh, Jack is his name. Hi, Jack. Uh, I know you listen to Yo, this. No, hey, Jack. Jack, Jack um, asked asked me last week, "How come there was no- Doctor Bergwald? Why wasn't there a podcast?" I said, "Well, we have some di- scheduling difficulties, unfortunately, but we are here today, right, Father?"
1: We are here today. We're here. We're clear.
0: We're here and clear. So, what we are going to do is is talk about a book that both Father and I read. Uh, I'll tell you the title of the book, and then sort of set up um, why I thought it might be interesting to discuss, and then we'll get into the book itself. The book is called "The Discernment of Spirits." The Discernment of Spirits. The subtitle subtitle is "An Ignation, not Ignition, an Ignation Guide to Everyday Living" by Father Timothy M Gallagher O M V. Father Tim Gallagher. Uh, oblate of the blessed Virgin Mary. Um, so father Gallagher wrote this book, uh, Actually, I'll get into that later. Sorry, I want to step back. The, re- the reason I thought, that, uh, and I, I told the Father this before we started, the reason I thought this would be an interesting book to discuss is because one, one of the recurring themes with the year of faith, with, which we're about to begin in a couple weeks, with the New Evangelization in general, with Benedict's pontificate, certainly with Blessed John Paul the pontificate, really going back to the Second Vatican Council, really going back to the beginning of Christianity, is the importance and the centrality of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Father, I've I'm rereading Porta Fide for a talk that I'm gonna give in one of our parishes uh soon on the year of faith. You know, why we're having it, how we do it, what do we do for the year of faith? Uh, and, and, and and I'm just struck again by the degree to which pope benedict sounds like an evangelical protestant sometimes talking about the need for a relationship with jesus christ it's just language that most of us as catholics at least in in this country uh we, we, we don't tend to associate with our tradition we tend to think of again evangelical protestants um but the centrality and it is the it is part and parcel of uh, it's at the core uh... in many ways of of what it means to be christian do i do i have a lived relationship with jesus christ uh... do i reflect on the scriptures of the gospels do i pray with him do i receive the sacraments do i seek to grow in knowledge of him and his teachings so i can love him more so there's that but one of the things that for me uh... you know so so once as catholics once we really are um well, those of us who, who haven't been as aware of that, I'll put it that way. Um, once we're awakened to that, this, okay, so how do we do that? Uh, because, Father, um, I don't encounter Jesus in the same way that I encounter you. Um, even though we're, we're talking, uh, we're, we're not present to each other physically, at least I can see you, actually your face right now. Yeah, and you yeah, I mean, yeah, we um and we can't do obviously we can't do that with Jesus. So we the church talks about all the ways He's present, most particularly in the in the Blessed Sacrament. But it's obviously a different sort of relationship with that we have with Him in many ways. But just at the superficial level, I can't just sit down and chat with Him online or in person the way that you and I can. And the thing that I really like about our tradition as Catholics is there are so many resources, the richness of the Catholic spiritual tradition, so many resources that we can look to to help us grow in this awareness of the different ways that Jesus does reveal himself to me every day, really every moment. It just takes, we need, our eyes need to be attuned, so to speak, to, to seeing him. Does that make sense?
1: It does. We have, we have to learn that. And if you want to put just in a, uh, for maybe those that are more theological-minded, want to put it into uh, the, our theology of our Catholic faith, you know, it's part of what we call the effects of original sin or concupiscence. Like concupiscence has, made, has darkened our intellect in that way. So we're not able to uh, as readily encounter him who made us and who made us for him.
0: Right. Yeah, we think of you know we read in Genesis um, in, in in the language in Genesis which with which it was wrote. They talk about you know God walking with Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, so a way of indicating a familiarity and a relationship uh, that that they had and that was lost because of that original sin. Um, and in many ways, that's restored with Christ. But still, there's the reality that we're st- we're still falling. We still suffer those effects of original sin, as you just talked about with concupiscence and so on. Um, so, so this is the uh, part of the struggle, the daily ongoing struggle uh, for the Christian in at least this side of death is is just strive more and more to grow in, in our awareness of Christ's presence to us in all the ways that he comes to us.
1: Very so. much so. I, uh, a priest friend of mine taught a course on this uh, in a parish. He called the course Learning the Love of God. Hmm. And it, you know, oh, I kind of just know. Well, but and I think we know just from a little reflection of our own experience. In some way, there is something that has to be learned.
0: Right, and 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 learn. You know, not it certainly includes intellectual, but it's also an affective learning. In other words, a learning of the heart, an experiential learning. Um, you know, which
1: I'm guessing is probably this similar to your own relationship with your spouse. Exactly with the beloved Mrs. Dr. Bergwald uh, indeed
0: Mrs. Dick, yes, yes
1: um, <laughs> But that she had to learn these things herself as well
0: yeah that's, and that's just any any relationship between two people in, entails that even though again there are differences in a relationship with Christ um, there's still that commonality of it it takes time uh, and it's a it's, an, it's a different kind of knowing or it involves other kinds of knowing but it takes time to grow in a relationship that way very nice. so so uh, again you know with with this understanding of, of the this, the importance of having a uh, of knowing and loving Christ in a personal way um, and how do we do that again the, the the richness of our tradition and father Gallagher's book points to one particular resource one tool in the Catholic toolbox so to speak which is particularly valuable Um uh, and that is the the teaching on the discernment of spirits, the teaching, the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Uh, Father, um, when, well, I shouldn't say that because you know. What do you think, somebody who's maybe heard of St. Ignatius of Loyola, what's he typically known for, do you think, in the minds of, of people who have at least heard of him? Any ideas?
1: Um, yeah, that, that's a good question. I think probably either this, uh, these... Uh, uh, rules for discernment Sermon of Spirit or for the fact that he is the founder of the Jesuits. Dun dun time, dun! Uh, yes, at one time an organization that was referred to as the Pope's Army.
0: Yep, yeah, the the uh, the the priestly order, the Society of Jesus that he established, the Company, the uh, Companions of Jesus, um, the. the yeah, the Jesuits. Um, they take their name from SJ, Society of Jesus. Um, there have been other, all sorts of, you know, Jesuitical is an adjective. Um, the, the Jesuits, Ignatius really emphasized the importance of deep intellectual uh, formation for all Jesuits, brothers and priests. Um, and so among the Reformers, the Protestants, the... the um, that, that became a sort of a, a pejorative term well that's Jedi, you know, so, uh, uh, so, if you think about sophistry um, that's you know, the, the Jesuitical is sort of related to that so uh, that's sort of the context I think of who he is uh, but well, he's a at, careful thinker he's thinking. someone
1: who um, carefully thinks and carefully thinks about the world and reality and if there's anything care- worth carefully thinking about it's certainly your relationship with God uh, that should be carefully thought about
0: yeah, and that's what this book. Well, that's what the spiritual exercises are about, in part, uh, being attuned to. Well, we'll get into that. So, Father, you read this book more more recently than I. Um, what 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 struck? I, we should say, I guess, what he does is he goes through fourteen of of Ignatius of Loyola's rules for discernment and comments on each of them, and gives lots of what I like about the book, Father. He gives lots of very good practical examples. Um, for how this applies to our spiritual life. Right. I think As, maybe,
1: maybe the best way to talk about what he does in the book um, is he really has a goal of trying to do three things for you through the uh, uh, spiritual exercise, especially or I should say the rules of the sermon of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Those three things are to help you become aware, uh, to understand, and then to take action upon uh, the uh, the different movements in your life. He takes this right from the title of the rules of, uh, of discernment. So St. Ignatius Loyola himself says that these rules are for, uh, these are his actual words, rules for becoming aware and understanding to some extent the different movements which are caused in the soul, the good to receive them and the bad to reject them. And so uh, this book then is, is a laid out way of going into these rules to be aware, to understand, to take action. And, I, I, and he, he does a very good job throughout the, the book of focusing in and, saying, and staying tight upon this purpose. Every example, he uses everything that is for this purpose of either this growing awareness, understanding, or then how to act in regard to And the two actions being embracing and cooperating with those things from our Lord and rejecting or repenting from those things which are not from him.
0: Right. And those things which are not. So he talks about the evil spirit. And before I, before I had read this book, um, which is my introduction personally, to Ignatius's um, teachings on the discernment of spirits, you know, I, I, the evil spirit is typically in our, our tradition most commonly, I think, refers to to the to the devil, to Satan, mm-hmm. um, and then and then more maybe a little bit more broadly to all of the fallen angels, all of the demons. But Ignatius, in his spiritual exercises, the when he talks about the the, the evil spirit, it certainly can be um, demonic temptation, but it can be other temptations as well. Can you summarize that, Father?
1: Well, uh, I mean, I think we think of temptation, we think mostly in terms of, um, you know, the, uh, uh, I don't it like was maybe in the movie National Lampoon's Animal House, we're actually probably going back to Looney Tunes cartoons, you know, where you have a little devil on the one shoulder and the little angel on the other shoulder, you know, and Go ahead, eat all the chickens in the hen house. No, you said you yeah. protect them, eat them, protect them, eat them. Um, and uh, really, also, I mean, any of these temptations could be to a distrust of God, um, thought that God is not present, um, thinking that you cannot find God. And so, there's a lot of different ways these tempting spirits move. But uh, uh, that really about what we call desolation. I think it's what you're asking for there when a person, um, uh, that experience of a person who is uh, um, not close to God in that sense. Uh, Yeah,
0: sorry, go ahead, sorry.
1: It could be a darkness of soul. It could be a lack of faith, hope, and love. It could be a distaste for the spiritual life or the things of prayer, the works of religion. And so it could be a number of those uh, uh, different things.
0: Yeah, a lot of times we, we are in our tradition we hear about temptations can come from the world, the flesh, or the devil. Uh, you know, so the evil and those temptations can come from Satan. They can come, though, from the world in the sense the culture, the, the, the place, the times in which we live can tempt us. But also from ourselves, as you know, the concupiscence we talked about before, what you're just saying now, sort of the little devil on our shoulder. That's not, sometimes it certainly could be um, another entity demonic person tempting us but just as often if not more often than not I think um, it's a tempta- temptation from within um, our, uh, we in a sense tempt ourselves um, our, our, our concupiscences, um, our disordered appetites tempt us uh, so to speak and that can lead us into those uh, as you were just speaking those those times, those experiences, those moments of, of desolation um, and it, so, so, be aware, understand, and act. Right?
1: Be, uh, yeah, being aware, understanding, and taking
0: action. And taking action, uh, and that's as you. Like, to me, that's just a great example. Father gets into that in his, um, in his, uh, the introduction. Uh, it, just an example of how it's a very. I mean, practical book. I think sometimes when people think about well, their spiritual life, well, that's not very practical, but this is a very practical book for those who want to grow in the spiritual life.
1: Yeah, very much so. And it's about things that are more real, uh, and solid in some ways than, uh, even, you know, the, uh, uh, the concrete that, uh, my chair is resting upon right now. Exactly.
0: Uh, very real. Um,
1: in fact, uh, uh I find that this teaching you know uh, and especially the way Father Gallagher uh, presents it or the way it's presented say like at Broomtree Retreat Center and the diocese of who Falls and their weekend silent retreats for men and women for men and women the uh, the way it's presented is that it really just has been eminently practical because it's about what's going on inside your life every day and how to be able to understand and sift through that whereas I think so many Americans so many of our even you know, our listeners who are prayerful people, experience that conf- uh, confusion or just commotion of things going on inside us. Uh, a priest friend of mine, Father Scott Trainor, um, likes to use the image of a duck uh, on a pond. Right? The most of us kind of like that duck on a pond that, you know, from above the surface, right, everything looks calm, right? But if you were to have a camera to look underwater at the duck, you'd see that its legs are just thrashing around, going around. Mm-hmm. So we see each other day to day. You know, I mean, I'm on a college campus. There's, you know, ten thousand, you know, maybe eight thousand people, with, you know, uh, one square mile or less. You know, actually, less than one square mile. And how many of them look calm on the surface? You know, headphones plugged in, wearing nice clothes. Well, some of them. Um, but, then, but underneath the surface, there's all this confusion and stirring and thrashing within our own hearts.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, these these are these these exercises are tools for uh, figuring out how to deal with that. Be becoming aware of it, understanding, and acting again. Um, and, and and again, the, the, the context here to me is recognizing what's going on, and then looking for okay, how is God acting in my life here? And 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 He works in. But you refer to desolation. So one of the a couple of the central terms for the discernment of spirits, um, a spirit of consolation and a spirit of desolation, um, and and we experience both. And these are Father Gallagher makes the important point: spiritual desolation and spiritual consolation. Mm-hmm. Um, if I've got indigestion because I ate, uh, three pizzas, um, after midnight, uh, start you after, after, you know, um, Ash Wednesday came to midnight. Oh, it's time to, uh, I can have pe- meat now. Um, not that I've ever done that. Um, you're experiencing desolation, but it's not spiritual desolation.
1: No. Well, and then you might have real serious conditions, depression, um, medical conditions that might be weighing you down in that regard. This is about your relationship with God. Right? You know, do I feel close to God? Do I feel far from God?
0: Right. Um,
1: um, and so, right. And, and looking for the truly spiritual sources of that dynamic. Now, um, I think one of the greatest things that this book offers us is it it helps provide uh, a remedy or a context for I think the greatest pitfall and the reason why most Christians, Catholics do not progress in the spiritual life, and And that that is is. discouragement, Mm -hmm. that we reach a point in our spiritual life where all of a sudden something seems harmed. We have a conversion moment. Right, we, we might be doing something pretty amazing in our conversion moment you know leaving behind a life of sin. you know people in a conversion moment quit using alcohol they've been addicted to for years or something like that or even lesser changes that are still in some ways no less miraculous but you yeah, have change in a moment and then there comes a point where prayer life becomes hard. You know prayer life becomes difficult and it's no longer sweet and easy. And so this book and this teaching from St. Ignatius that Father Gallagher unpacks uh, helps us to progress through that hard sticking point.
0: Right, most of the most of the fourteen rules that um, that Father Gallagher looks at, the rules from St. Ignatius on the discernment of spirits, most of those rules um, focus on those times of discouragement, those times of spiritual desolation, precisely because St. Ignatius wrote them to help people, as you were just saying, who were feeling discouraged with with their spiritual life, and to help them, give them. Again, really practical and concrete tips on how to respond to those to those times of spiritual desolation. Um, you know, when things are going well, when you're in time of spiritual consolation, you, there's not really much to do. You just uh, thank God for the gift that He's given you in this, in, in with the consolation, um, and continue. But when things get tough, there there's that temptation to to, um, uh, give up or whatever, because, because it's suddenly become tougher. I mean, you just think about the ordinary daily life, whether it's trying to exercise more or eat better or, or <laughs> study more, whatever, when we try to better ourselves, we're going to run into walls. We're going to face hurdles and obstacles. Uh, and how do we deal with those? The same, that's just as true in, with regard to our spiritual life, how can we, um, overcome the obstacles that we face as we try to grow spiritually?
1: He makes another distinction this way, too, that, I mean, there's a reason our Lord wants us to grow and learn in this way, Uh, and he uses the analogy uh, in the book of the difference between a mercenary and a patriot,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, whereas a mercenary fights in an army for the sake of money, what I'm getting from it. A patriot fights for love of country, family, or friends, love of ideals, okay, and so they fight for the sake of those things, you know. Our tendency I think and and he allows us to enter into prayer oftentimes from a maybe more mercenary perspective what do I get out of prayer I get a rush I get a thrill that's close but that's only the beginning of your prayer life the end of your prayer life what he desires to you is to have a love uh, for him uh, that is based not on what you get but on the fact that he is he and you are you
0: Right, do I do I do I um, love God because of the um, the gifts that He gives me, or do I love Him for Himself? Um, and so those times of spiritual desolation, when we recognize them for what they are and we take Ignatius's rules into account, can be times of great growth. I mean, we have more opportunity to grow in desolation, um, generally speaking, I think, than we do in consolation. Because consolation doesn't stretch us the way that desolation does, right?
1: Exactly. And I, uh, I'm experiencing that personally. I'm training for a marathon right now, just in a physical sense, experiencing this. Training for a marathon and... Uh, about 13 days ago or so, I had my first 20 mile run, mm. and oh, it sucked. Part of my French, it was horrible. Mm. I just changed the rating of this podcast by saying that, didn't I? <laughs> um, you know, I uh, it was a 20 mile run, but I maybe ran 18 of those 20 miles. I probably walked about two of them. You know, and it was pretty slow and plodding. But you know, as the days went on after that, oh well, that actually had an effect. You know, and there's bearing some fruit. And I've got another 20-mile uh, run this uh, weekend, and I'm really looking forward to it now. I mean, I, it's going to still stink in that way, but I'm looking forward to it because I know that there's a purpose to it. And so even just knowing sometimes in your spiritual life then that there is a purpose to dryness, maybe, yep. Yep. a purpose to distance. And so, so you're no longer just someone in desolation, no longer just someone who feels like God is far away. But someone who feels that God is far away but knows it is only a feeling that God is still near. And two, uh, that he is doing this for the sake of building you up in some way.
0: And also one of the points that that St. Ignatius, and, and therefore Father in his book, uh, an important point to me, and God, even though he feels and seems distant from me, is still giving me sufficient graces where, can, where I can endure this trial. So I can get through this. And, and so knowing both there's, there's a purpose to this, but also that, that, that God will give me the strength to endure this, um, both of those make the time of desolation endurable,
1: very much. Well, it, uh, I think of the humorous quote attributed to Mother Teresa, Blessed Mother Teresa, uh, I know God will never give me anything that I cannot handle without his grace, dot, dot, dot. I just wish he didn't trust me so much.
0: <laughs> I've never heard that before, but that really is good. I wish so, just wish He did,
1: but I, I think maybe a final point for me is um, this is really important in our own day and age. Um, I think if I could diagnose our own day and age in the spirit of our own day and age, it's one where we seek after, we rush after, we pursue those things um, that are pleasurable to us. You know, Matthew Kelly, in his book Rediscovering Catholicism, a very fine book, talks about how one of the spirits of our day is a hedonism, right? That we do whatever we can to maximize our own pleasure, and that's true spiritually. We're spiritually greedy in this way. You know, we, we, we seek to just satisfy ourselves. And so what the rules does, and God doesn't want us to leave us there. And so the rules, and uh, as taught through Father Gallagher's Discernment of Spirits, the rules then help us to then grow beyond that to a real maturity of faith, not just a selfish greed of faith in that way. And so it's necessary because it's it's a much greater pitfall in our day where we prize our own comfort our own pleasure much more uh, uh or it seemed to much more than in recent civilizations and ages absolutely at least when uh, i lived in the 1600s it was a totally different experience
0: it was it was all different then yeah, yeah.
1: and then when i was yeah. in like 8th century china you
0: know yeah was- they uh that that, that 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 noble virtue of the uh, chinese absolutely yeah i'm with you father uh Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) um, time travel aside, um, this to me again, this is a practical book. One one of the most helpful books for me that I've read um, with regard to the spiritual life. I read it actually for Lent last year, and then again, sorry, Advent, and then again during Lent. So, uh, it's not a book that you read. It's a book that it's that. uh, uh, we're meant to put into practice. Uh, I think that's certainly, I'm sure that's why Father wrote it, um, uh, to help us understand, but then to put into action. Um, be aware. Understand and act. Uh, so, I, I would encourage you, maybe as we're beginning the year of faith, uh, if, if you already again have the understanding and, and have a relationship with Christ, but are looking to grow in it, this this is one. There's uh, many resources, many tools in the toolbox, but this is certainly one of the one of the uh, for me one of the better resources that I've come across of late. So, Father, um, I know that was your last comment about the book, but any final closing thoughts on the topic in general?
1: Uh, No, just that I think uh, we always just need to be doing something to be building up a true understanding of our spiritual life of what is and is not going on.
0: Yep, and this is certainly something that's been uh, tested by time and certainly uh, the discernment of the Church as well, Um, so we we can know it's a sure guide.
1: And uh, actually the the, the spiritual exercises are unique in that way, that they are one of the few... uh, uh, Things like this that have approved, uh, have received um, kind of a a papal recognition in a way that many other retreats or other things have not.
0: So definitely if this is something that piques your interest, uh, you can pick up the book online, probably at your local Catholic bookstore. uh, But get a hold of it and uh, read it slowly, prayerfully and with discernment. Until next time. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Ignition. God bless.